other stories come from our personal histories. Some other stories come from cultural histories. Some other stories just come from someone's brain at some point just to tell stories. But everybody tells stories, don't we? I mean, nowadays, most of the stories we hear or come across come in the form of books and movies, right? We do that. But we've been telling stories for centuries. In fact, every culture around the world can be known for the stories that they tell. Maybe fair enough. I mean, every culture tells stories. I think there's two things cultures do that every culture has is tell stories and have their own special kind of booze. That's kind of the way cultures are. But the, every, every culture tells a story. In fact, some cultures, the stories that they tell kind of are the bedrock, the backbone to that culture. They become very important to the culture that they come from. In fact, uh, there's Robert McKee puts it this way. He says, stories build cultures because they answer the big questions. So stories, we tell these stories to help give significance to the things that have happened or the things that are going on around us, right? And we can see this across cultures old and new all around the world. As cultures develop, they start telling these stories to give significance and meaning to a lot of the, the natural phenomena going on. So, um, for example, we, we, we ask the question, where do the stars come from? And we tell the story of Tamariti, who, who uh, took glowing stones and threw them into the sky so that he could escape a tanifa. And the story tells of how the stars got in the sky and also gives meaning and significance and richness to it, right? And so we tell these stories and they're passed down from generation to generation. And I think what happened is a lot of times these cultures came in contact with missionaries, well-meaning, loving missionaries from Europe who had their own set of stories about how the world is and the thing that's going on. And they would, they would look at their Bible and they would say, well, God says it happened this way and, and these stories say it happened this way. So these stories become incompatible with the Bible, right? And so we say, if you want to be a Christian, you've got to cast those stories aside. I think that was a little bit of a mistake because we missed a valuable opportunity. Because those stories that cultures tell not only tell or give significance to the physical things that go on around us, but they actually go much deeper than that. And they give significance and meaning and, and, and tell the story of who we are as people, who we are as human beings. Why do I feel this way? Why do I act this way? Who am I? What is my identity? What is my place in the world? And it's these deeper human natures and, and desires that these stories speak to that this book also speaks to. And there are intersections, there are places where the stories and the gospel or God's story come together and they can be bridges and entry points into a culture to show and to, to share God's love for, his, for all his people. And so those stories are treasured and we should be treasuring them as well. 
So this series that we're starting, the Storyteller series, is going to look at some of the different stories that we come across from around the world and to look at them and to see and to treasure their significance and also to see where God is speaking through them. Yeah? So the first week, since we just celebrated Matariki, uh, it was Matariki this week, which is Māori New Year, um, when the Matariki... Um, Stars um, come into the sky for the first time, signaling a new season changing. So we're starting to push back into warmer weather, which is good. So we like that. So since it was Matariki this week, I thought I would tell a Matariki story. Now, how many of you are familiar with Maui and the sun? It's a pretty common sort of story. Most people have heard of that one. Yeah, Maui slowed the sun. Did you know, though, that there is a sequel to that story? Anyone know that? I didn't either. I had no idea that this was a two-parter until I came across a book in my son's reading um, book thing called Matariki Breakfast. And it's this uh, learn-to-read book, and it tells the story of this family who gets together every year on Matariki morning before the sun rises to see the stars, to have breakfast together, and they tell stories. And so I want to read a portion of this book because... It tells a very interesting story. All right, so the, the grandfather of the family, Y, is telling this story, and he says, Some people in our iwi tell the story about how Maui and his brothers slowed down Tamanui Tera, the sun. That's the story we know. Tamanui Tera was so hurt by this that he hid away from everyone. Without Tamanui Tera in the sky, the land grew colder and colder. Winter was born, and the people grew sadder and sadder. They missed the sun. Matariki, the star, was a cousin of Tamanui Tera. Matariki and her six daughters decided to go and find Tamanui Tera and try to bring him back. The seven stars sang to Tamanui Tera and sparkled their light onto him. Tamanui Tera felt the warmth of the music and the light. Slowly he started to heal. Slowly he came out of hiding. The seven stars went away and brought back the sun, said Kara. Yes, said Wai. Every year the Matariki stars disappear. And then they come back. When they return, they show us that a new year is starting. The sun will return, and the days will grow longer. The plants will have sunshine to grow, and we will have food to eat. And that is why we have this breakfast together, to celebrate and remember. That is the story of Matariki and Tamanui Tera. No, I'd never heard this story, and when I did, when I read it, I was struck by it. It was such a powerful story. Because on one hand, you have this story, again, like a lot of other stories, that gives significance to a physical phenomenon. The Matariki stars disappearing, and then coming back again, and with it, bringing the sun, and bringing warmth, and bringing a new season. So it tells that story, but deeper than that, it tells an amazing story story of the human condition. 
And it's interesting because when you look at the first story, Maui and the Sun, it's this kind of classic story of good versus evil and, and injustice and justice and all of that sort of thing, you know, because you've got this villain, Tamanui Tera, the Sun, who is screaming across the sky and, and not giving anybody enough time to grow their crops and to do all of that good stuff. Um, and so the hero of the story, Maui, he gathers his brothers and he goes and he gives justice. He, he slows down Tamanui Tera and judges him for what he has done and slows him down and makes everything right. Classic story, good versus evil, justice being done. But this story seems to take a complete 180. Instead of Tamanui Tera being this horrible villain, you see Tamanui Tera as this vulnerable, humble, judged person who is hurt and who is, is broken and is hidden away in shame and in guilt. And now there's this, instead of the, the celebration of Tamanui Tera being defeated, there is this sort of sadness about missing him. They, they want restoration of the son. They want to be reconciled. They want him back. And so there's the story of a judged person, a judged villain, being invited back to their former position, to be reconciled and restored. Their value is brought back. Their identity is rebuilt. The story screams of this deep human desire that when we do something wrong, and yeah, we all do stuff wrong. There is this desire that that's not the end of the story. There is this desire that there be a hope that somehow we can restore ourselves to our former position. That we can be reconciled. That we can have our value restored. I wonder if the gospel has anything to say about that. Can you see the bridge that this story opens up for God's story? Paul says in the book of Romans, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the God's glory, his glorious standard. We're all tamanui tera. We all stand judged for the things that we've done wrong, right? We are all worth, like, we deserve to have justice given to us. In fact, that's the story of the Old Testament in the Bible, isn't it? That, that humanity has rejected God and God has placed us in a position of judgment. We deserve to be judged. We rejected Him. We rejected the way that we were designed to be. We rejected our humanity by rejecting the one who created us. And so we should be judged. But that's not the story God wants to tell, at least not the last story. I love the, the verse where we sang, that's not the way the story ends. The New Testament tells this new story. He says, yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus, to Christ Jesus, 
when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. This is the story of reconciliation. The story of forgiveness. And so we can see the story of Matariki is such a powerful story for us. A story that it does not end in judgment, but it ends in us being restored to the place that God originally wanted us to be, right in his sight, with value. He decided that the world is better when we are our full versions of ourselves. That's what he created us to be. And so he made it happen. And just like Matariki and the stars, he goes and searches us out. He doesn't wait. He doesn't sit there and, and wait for us to come groveling back. He goes to us. The Bible says before we even knew who he was, he loved us. And he came down to this world and he became a human and he let us kill him so that we could be reconciled to him. He made that path back to him. Isn't that an amazing story? And this, this story in Matariki just captures this desire that Jesus offers to us. It's pretty good timing too, isn't it? Just celebrated Matariki. Pretty good time of the year to have a new year. It's halfway through our traditional calendar year. But 2020 hasn't been so crash hot so far, has it? There's a, some kind of fluey type thing I hear that went round for a while. There's been racial injustice and, and all sorts of backlash against what's been happening in the States. Um, there's been an officer just, just down the road here shot in the line of duty. And add to that all of our normal, everyday struggles. The things that we, have, we know that we've done wrong, the things that we know that we struggle with in our own lives, the things we know God's not so crash hot about, we deal with that every day. We deal with just the anxiety and depression. There is violence. There is poverty. There is so many issues in our lives every day. Do you think maybe we could use a fresh start? Do you think maybe we could use a matariki, a brand new year? And do you think with that new year we could use some kind of restoration to who God intended us to be? That we no longer have to be enslaved by the things that are going wrong in our lives, but to grab hold of some hope? Wouldn't that be nice? This is the story of Matariki. This is the story of the gospel, of God's story for us. So the question is, what do we do with that? How do we respond to that story? It's laid out before us. Traditionally, in a lot of churches like ours, our first go-to is to say that since we have been given this gift, we need to share that gift with others. And I'm all on board with that because we absolutely do need to do that. We've talked about that and we'll continue to talk about that. But there's a couple of other things that we need to do. One is, first of all, we need to decide if we want this for ourselves. You know, again, I don't know everybody in this room. 
Uh, I know some of you better than others. I don't know where you are. I don't know your position, where you stand with God. You may be listening to the podcast, and I definitely don't know who you are. But you need to ask yourself, is this your story? Do you want it to be your story? I mean, I believe we all stand before God as being judged for the life that we've lived. And yet he offers us this restoration. He comes to us like Matariki and her daughters. And he, and he sheds his light on us and he sings over us, which is in the Bible too. This concept of God singing over his children. Do we want that? Or do we want to keep hiding away? Something for you to consider, something you can discuss with any of us leaders at any time. But there's another thing that, especially if we have made that our story, if we are part of God's restoration story, there's something else that I think that we often don't do in churches or we do very quickly and move on that I want to dwell on for a second. It comes from Psalm 103. Uh, verses 1 to 5, but I want to read verse 3 to 5 first because it tells the story again. And then verse 1 and 2 gives us a, a response. And it says, He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases, which is amazing. This was written well before Jesus turned up. But this was what was promised to us, and this is what He's done. He redeems me from death, pulls me back from the brink, and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. Sometimes we don't think about those good things because there's so many other things going on in our lives, but he still has given us so many good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. I was um, told after I, I shared this verse with someone else because I didn't really understand the eagles reference because, I don't know, it's just an animal, right? But apparently... Five years into an eagle's life or a certain portion into the eagle's life, they'll lose all of their feathers and gain new ones. And there's this refreshing and renewing of their life, which I thought, hey, that's pretty cool. I did not look that up. I just assumed that he was right about that. So we'll move on. So this is, this is a description of renewing and, and, and all of the good things God has given us. So what is our response? Verse 1 and 2. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Three times he says this. May I never forget the good things he does for me. It's this attitude of slowing and dwelling and thanking God for what has happened, for what he has done. For the life he has given us. You know, we do this a little bit. We're like, oh, wow, thanks, God. That's really good. Now, what do you want me to do with this? All right, now I've got to go out and I've got to make this happen. Or I'm back to my you know, daily life and everything else that's clouding in. We don't spend much time, or at least I don't, spend much time stopping and just saying, wow, God, thanks. This is great. I know I've got this going on over here, but... Holy cow, I have so much going for me. If not in this life, then I've got the next one. It's such an amazing thing that no matter what happens in my life, no matter what burdens come my way, you're bigger than that. And the life you give me is stronger than that. 
I forget how to dwell on how amazing it is to be part of God's family. I mean, to see a list of all of the horrible things that I've done in my life, you know, because that's pretty easily accessible, right? That list of things that we've done wrong. And to know that each and every one of them has been marked off in blood red. It's gone. It's gone. Not just a, oh yeah, he's forgiven me, but he's still kind of mad about that stuff. No, it's gone. To know that when I die, I don't have to fear what's next. I don't have to wonder what happens to me. The ultimate thing that is out of my control. I don't have to fear in that situation because God is in control and he has promised me so much. And to know that even before I die, I can enjoy so much of the richness of his life, the, the, the good things that he has given me. This world we live in, I mean, oh my goodness, it's so beautiful. This church community that we have each other to rely on. What an amazing thing that so many people do not have. And I really was like Tamanui Terao. I was disconnected, hurt, ashamed, unable to shine. But I was given the love of God. He shone his light. He sparkled his light on me. He sang to me and slowly he healed me and is healing me currently. And he restored me to my place where I can shine the way he wanted me to. Not for my benefit, but for his and for the world. Do you remember the good God has given you? Do you remember, do you dwell, do you thank him, praise him for the life he has given you and for the life that is to come? So as we go away this week, I want us to be thinking about that. I want us to be kind of dwelling a little bit, maybe take a little holiday from thinking about the things that are not going right in your life. Because I'm, I'm guessing that just by stopping thinking about it, they're not necessarily going to go away. You know, they'll still be there. It's okay. Um, but you can just stop thinking about it just for a little bit and instead turn your eyes to the story that has been told to you in this book. Story of... God coming and finding you and giving you life.